Our friends from Healthy Bud just launched a new exciting product and our dog Zippo has been absolutely obsessed. Their mini training treats are packed with superfoods like lion's mane, reishi, and salmon oil to support brain health and with over 500 treats per bag and just one calorie per treat, you can rest assured that you're providing guilt-free taste and nutrition in every bite. To grab a bag yourself or a few, head over to us.healthybud.co and use our code FP20 to save 20% on your first order. Welcome to the Family Pups Podcast. As you know, this is where we have conversations about the most commonly requested dog training and dog behavioral issues. And today's conversation is going to be about, what would you characterize this conversation as being about today, Tanya? Dogs and kids? Dogs and kids. And and more specifically, you know, when you're a parent and you have a child and she or he really, really wants a dog, that's a really tough decision for a parent to make. And so uh, we're really excited to have our guest today. So let me talk to you about our guest. Our guest is an animal lover who grew up in Austria. She was inspired to write her first picture book, What to Know Before You Get Your Dog, which is what we're going to discuss today, from her daughter's relentless campaign to have her own dog. Margaret's passion for creativity and art, along with her desire to raise her daughter's awareness about the responsibility of dog ownership, resulted in the creation of this book. She has a degree in fine arts and is the recipient of the Anna Blanc Verna Award for Creative Thinking. Currently, Margaret lives in Connecticut with her family and their fluffy dog, Scruffy. So welcome to the podcast, Margaret. Hi, how are you? Thanks for having me. Doing what? great. Love the name, by the way, Scruffy. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, my daughter picked that name. <laughs> so let, let's talk a little bit about the creation of this book. You're an interior designer, and you've been an interior designer for a long time. And so what we know about you is that your book is dedicated to Kira, your daughter, who served as the inspiration for this book because she wanted her own dog. And so while there's a lot of people that say, Oh, you know what? I should create a, a picture book. That would be cool. Not everyone does it. And so what made you, first of all, want to write this book? And what made you think that you were the one that should write the book? Yeah, that's a good question. Well, when my daughter was about eight years old, uh, she was literally begging us for months that she wanted to have her own dog. And even though we had a family dog, she wanted to have one she can call her own and uh, like, like I said, it was relentless. She promised us the world she would have done anything to get one. And at first I thought it was just a phase and she's going through and eventually will go away. But it really was and she was truly passionate about this. 
And she took every opportunity to mention how much, how much she would love to have a dog and what she would do to get her own. I really wanted to make sure that she knows and understand what's involved to care for a dog every day, not only when she feels like doing it and that it is also a long-term commitment, you know, since, since dogs can live up to more than 15 years. And of course, also I wanted to teach all aspects of animal care and we all know that at the end of the day, it is primarily the responsibility of an adult to take care of a, of a dog. But um, I wanted that she learns how to do it and takes on the responsibilities, also depending what age group, uh, that she can do as much as she's able to care for one. So I went to a lot of bookstores and I looked for books which lays out in a simple way all the responsibilities and choice to care for one. And there are many books out there talking about dog ownership. They are long books, they are very intense books, but certainly not for um, a, a, a seven or eight year old child who just uh, wants to, I just wanted to find the major steps. So I couldn't find one, so I decided to write my own. And I, I always, I always loved writing. And, and um, so I wrote everything down, what needs to be done to care for one, all the responsibilities and choice that come with dog ownership. And I love to rhyme, so I wrote it in a rhyming format. And I thought this would be a fun way uh, for kids to read and also a faster and easier way for kids to remember. So that's how I started creating the book. I, I mean, that's amazing. And, but, but to go back, I think a lot of parents in your situation might have gotten to exactly the point you just talked about, but never create a book because how do you do that? Who do you talk to? Who do you reach out to? What did you do after that point to be like, okay, I'm going to bring this to life? Yeah, that is true. And, and it took several years to bring this to life. Uh, uh, my daughter ended up getting her dog, by the way. So my book worked and we <laughs> used everything in the book on a regular basis. And But um, I, we have many friends and also friends of, of Kira's. We saw that they ended up getting dogs more like as a birthday gift or some holiday gift. And then many, you know, many weeks later, they realized, you know what, this dog is really not for us. And unfortunately, some of those puppies were rehomed. And, and that was something which was heartbreaking to me. As we all know, rehoming a dog is extremely stressful for everyone, but mostly primarily for the dog. So um, when COVID hit, and that was several years later, and I started to see again many people, many shelters were empty. A lot of people adopted pets. Totally. And especially the kids were home. They, were, they had nothing to do. So that, that was another big concern of mine that what would happen with those puppies when COVID is over and people go back to work. And that's when I was really determined to get this book out there. For me, it was very important that the illustrations match the writing. Um, I'm a creative person. I, 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 I can't draw like this. I, had a, I found a very talented illustrator, uh, Claudia Gadotti. She lives in New Zealand, born originally in Italy. But uh, so we connected. I did a lot of research 
to find the right illustrator. It took me mm. months, but it was extremely important. And my daughter even drew drawings for the book. And so, yes, uh, when I found the illustrator, we connected, we worked on it. We, we both actually had time because it was kind of quiet during lockdown. <laughs> yeah, to say the and, least. <laughs> so that, and that was really my passion mission project. So I connected with the illustrator. First, I connected with an editor because the manuscript was completely done, but I still, I still needed professional editing. So I, I connected with an editor. We went over the, you know, the final, final grammatic errors or, or final improvements. And then I connected with the editor and that's how it started. And then I had to find a graphic designer. It's almost like designing a, a house, you know, totally. it's, it's planning and following through and doing tons of research. And then the end of the day, um, it has to look pleasing to the eye. It has to be easy to read for the kids. I wanted it to be short so kids can actually make it through the whole book in one reading. I didn't want that this book is like a 30-minute read. I wanted something which can be easily read before bedtime many times. It's beautiful pictures to look at. But it explains literally every single step what needs to be done in a very simple and fun way. Every step and also... Or the the choice and and or the love they're getting out of it by having a dog because I think it's it's amazing having a pet mm-hmm. in your life. Oh, we totally agree with that. Yeah, I think it's just so uh, beautiful in a way that you had the idea, you developed it in your mind, and you knew that it was a worthy purpose and a worthy goal to put it out there. And I think that those are you know, the projects and the ideas that we have that it's really hard to kind of put on a shelf somewhere and kind of forget about them because you know that there is the need out there. As you were saying, we we, we did see a lot of dogs getting adopted during COVID and then a lot of dogs getting returned after that. We did see you know, some conflict between dogs and kids and increase in bites because of many different factors, but everyone's spending a lot of time together, maybe feeling a little stressed at home. But I do think it's such a great tool so that families and kids as a first step really kind of can sit down together and look at everything that having a dog includes and really kind of going through the process of um, communication, explaining, understanding, and committing to it. Mm-hmm. So I, I, I will be sure to recommend this to anyone who needs or who is considering getting a dog and have a child so that they can get a better understanding of what exactly it entails. Yeah, I, I just love uh, your comparison to your work as an interior designer too. Like you are capable of seeing literally a blank canvas and taking an idea, whether it's your idea or someone else's idea, and really filling in the blanks. And I really see a lot of parallels that I didn't see there before. Um, did you kind of see those parallels too? Or just like, oh, I'm actually quite good at this. And I, I pulled from so many of my skills that I've honed over the years. You know, you're absolutely right. I developed such a passion for writing children books i i just absolutely i'm 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 literally working on my second one before you get your cat so because <laughs> i just loved it so much and uh, the whole aspect of it i uh, met a lot of interesting people and 
the the main mission is um, which I was not aware of that it would take off so fast because I just launched about a month ago. So many animal shelters have contacted me and I can read for their children when school starts again. And I love to do that because my mission really is if I can help one one pet to find a perfect home because the family is just a little bit more prepared than those who are not, then I already did something good. So I, I hope this book uh, does a lot of good and I hope I can help somehow. I would love to help in any way. Wow, incredible. Uh, I would just going back to your daughter Kira, I would just love to learn, you know, how old was she when she really, really wanted that dog and expressed that to you? And how would you describe her level of responsibility at that age uh, in terms of being able to follow through on what she says she wants to do? How, how would you have graded that at that point? My daughter was eight years, about seven or eight years, seven and a half, eight years old when she started relentlessly begging for a dog. And we had a golden retriever. So she, she was always, she grew up with a puppy. She, she was, you know, we always had a dog in our life. So, uh, but she was very responsible and she would have loved to take on more of the dog here. But our, our second golden retriever was really kind of my husband's baby. So he was doing the training and he was doing, you know, everything for the dog. And I, and it's, it's an important job. And I'm glad, you know, parents want to take this on. But she really wanted to have her own dog to, to train him or train her and, and teach him a lot of things and, and just, just be with, with the dog. And so I thought I was up for that. We were up for that. We knew what it takes to care for one, and we knew we will. She will not be able with eight as, as an eight-year-old child. She will not be able to take on a lot of responsibilities, but she certainly can take on a lot, and she did. Amazing, amazing. You know, you mentioned earlier that you know you were looking at a whole bunch of books. So many of them were intense and long and complex. You know, made for probably the parents. In terms of content, we know that sometimes it's harder to know what not to include compared to what to include. And so a children's book obviously has to be quite short because the attention span of children are, you know, uh, quite low. So how did you know what information to include? And then more importantly, what, what information not to include while also ensuring that uh, the readers are going to be as prepared as possible for uh, uh, dog parenthood? Yeah, that's, that's a very good question. I think the information I put in the book came from, from all the, the research I did before we got our first dogs. And of course, of all the experience we had by having our dogs. I added, in the, in the end of my book, I added a dog care contract and like a care chart uh, because parents are usually afraid that the novelty of having a puppy or dog will wear off after a few months. And our children will do not do the job they promised to do. And I wanted to just encourage all children who want a dog to make a commitment prior to getting one. So I, I thought having a promise contract seems like a fair and responsible way for everyone to understand like the huge commitment of getting a dog. It was a little bit trickier not not to include everything in the book, but since since this was a children's book for kids for the children age group three to eight, 
I wanted to keep it short. Like I said, I wanted to keep it fun and easy to read, but straight to the point. It had to be straight to the point. And I needed to include all the important informations so parents can start a conversation with their child mm -hmm. about how to care for a dog. That was really important that they can go page by page, start a conversation, talk about it. And then it's up to each parent how much do they want to teach their child or then they can buy books. We bought so many other books in regard to just dog training and how to make a healthy meal for a dog. That's a totally different topic. The book itself was almost like a, a contract, you know, this needs to be done and will you be able to do all that? I would like to add here that that's the perfect first step as starting to create the concept into a child's mind and head and kind of painting the picture. And something we can add here, just based on our own experience as well, is that, you know, options um, can be available there in terms of fostering a dog. So taking a dog into your home until they get adopted. I know that that sometimes can be difficult for families, but that can be an option of just experiencing what is real life with a dog or helping out a family member with some of the activities in relation to caring for a dog or even volunteering at a shelter depending on the child's age can be the, a very good second step to kind of just really experience it and see what it's like and then make an even more informed decision. Like for us, um, even though we work with dogs, it took us about two years of really regular fostering until we met the dog that we decided that was the one for us and wanted to keep. Um, so it, it is a process and I, there are definitely different options that can be experienced as well before making a real big commitment. I totally agree with you. And I did sign my daughter up for... Uh, to volunteer at the local animal shelter. She was too young when she was eight, but when she was older, she could, I ended up helping out. <laughs> so, but she, she, I totally agree with you. It's so important. And a child who is actually committed and willing to do that is definitely a child who wants to be, uh, who wants a dog, who is really committed. Because, you know, if a child doesn't want to go and help a, fr a friend's dog or, or go to a, a shelter to, to volunteer, they may not be really so interested in after all. Or it may just be a phase and after a while, you know, they lose interest. Yeah, absolutely. And the child can also get to experience the emotions that come with the dog as well. Like dogs are sometimes frustrating. Sometimes they can test their patience. Sometimes they can be a lot of fun. Sometimes they jump on us or scratch us and this hurts. So just getting the emotional aspect of learning how to be a companion to this animal of different species can be another good point to add there as well. Yeah, I was going to say something similar. I mean, you, mu you must have been so proud of your daughter and she must have grown so much through this experience. Can you talk about, you know, who she was before and the person that she ultimately became? I, I absolutely agree with you. I am very proud of her. Uh, Scruffy and Kira bonded 
amazingly. She she had her her specific breed picked out. She wanted a toy Pomeranian, and um, even though we looked at shelters to get one, uh, we ended up we had to go and ended up getting one from a breeder because there were no no toy Pomeranians available. But that's what she wanted to have, and but she learned a lot. I think we all learn from our pets. But the way they bond, I think she learned to be patient, number one, because it was constant puppy training. Mm -hmm. Uh, We took her to puppy classes. She took the lead. uh, And then when we came home, she had to train the dog. And, you know, with puppies, like, you know, as, as a trainer yourself, it's not just those those little puppies. They have a, a two minute uh, after two minutes, they bored. They want even sometimes not even that long. So you have to do it over and over again and take breaks in between. She also learned how to be extremely responsible because if she can walk a dog, let's say after school every day, um, she will be a child who can stick to a schedule which she can. Mm-hmm. She's also the one who wakes up with her every day. I, I don't, she sleeps in her room, she wakes up with her, she lets her out, uh, she plays with her now at the age, not my daughter's older, but she gives her a full bath, she 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 grooms her. Uh, when, when my daughter was younger, of course, we did it together, I, have to, I had to do that. But a lot, she learned patience, responsibility, she learned how how to be more outgoing, because when she walked with, with Scruffy, a lot of people came up to us, and they still mm-hmm. do, and they wanted to know about the dog. And that is a total conversation opener. And even if the child is shyer, they absolutely open up. It's mm-hmm. an easier way to open up. She learned how to be gentle, how to respect her, because our dog, when she sleeps, she does not want to be touched. She, so she learned when the dog eats, when the dog sleeps, you let the dog sleep until she is ready to wake up. Um, dogs don't like to be hugged. Well, they like to snuggle, but not every dog likes to be hugged. So there is a certain respect. You know, every dog, depending what breed, needs to have their own space at certain times. So I could go on and on what she learned and how she, how they both just bonded. It's amazing to see. And she's our only child. So this is like having a sister to her. It's just <laughs> a one. It was, it's amazing what, how she turned out, how she is and how responsible she really is with her. Oh, wow. Wow, I love. can relate as an only child <laughs> and my dog <laughs> growing <we> up. <laughs> yeah, I'd love to learn about your process when you got your dogs and what was uh, the research that you did where did you have dog dogs growing up or were these your first dogs as well and how did you learn how to be a responsible dog parent well my first dog is uh, was when i was about seven years old i was uh, living back in austria and i overheard a conversation in a, a local grocery store that a german shepherd puppy needed a home. The family had to move and they needed a home immediately. And that literally, my heart just dropped. I was begging my parents to find more out about their dog. And my parents always had dogs. So when we ended up going to that home and we saw that black little bear, he was adorable and German shepherds can get really big. We, we adopted him and that was my first dog. Of course, my parents took care of him, but that was my first dog. I named him, and I, 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 in my eyes, it was my dog, and I, I walked with him, and I played with him. 
So I learned from a very young age what it feels like, to, that what it feels like when a living a living being relies on on me, for instance, or on someone, and and it was just a wonderful feeling, and it, it taught me how to care and how to be responsible for for my dog. And then uh, we ended up having a golden retriever. We did a lot of research before that. Uh, every dog we ended up doing research because they are all different. They have different personalities. What what would fit best into our home, into our lifestyle. And especially with Scruffy, since she is a toy breed and our golden is a grown golden, our toy breed, when we got her, she was a bound. She was, she fit <laughs> in my fist. And you know how, how important it was to make sure those two dogs, and you know, as a professional, I mean, we had to keep them separate. There were, I, I, I read so much about Pomeranians. We all did. We, we had a year and a half to prepare ourselves uh, because the breeder where we got the dog didn't even want that a family has uh, a, a, a palm, a small dog, um, when the child is only eight or nine years old. They said at least 10 years and the child has to be super responsible. Mm -hmm. So yeah, we ended up waiting. But yeah, a, a huge learning curve. Um, lots of research, lots of reading, lots of talking to people who had small, small breed dogs, lots of talking to people who had big breed dogs and lots of classes. And yeah, Love a that. fun experience. Well, I just want to congratulate your breeder too for being cautious enough and really being mindful of where they're sending their puppies just because you know a small little dog you know cannot be just carried around by kids or dropped on the ground and such so we do need more more breeders like this even if it's not a specific requirement about children just really being more selective with their families so that's we need more <laughs> dogs that come from places like that because we know that more attention and care has been put into not just the breeding but also those early weeks when the dog is still there with mom and hopefully some early socialization which we know is really important you're absolutely right and those small dogs they have to go they have to go outside, you know, every every hour or so yeah. because they can't hold long. Yeah. It's a totally different board game. And also not just it's also we have to really watch what's on the floor. She she was a pound when we got her and she played outside in the grass and she played with a, a buttercup flower Easter Sunday. She was about six months old and suddenly she she stopped moving. And we had no idea why. So I figured what happened. So I looked up buttercup flowers and I, I read that it could be toxic to, to, to small breed dogs oh, and wow. to, to bigger animals if they eat a lot. But she's only a pound and a half or so at that point, we had to rush her to the hospital. And she ended up being on, on she, what buttercup flowers do, they, they cause blisters in the mouth. That's why usually dogs don't eat it, but she had probably one or two. So she was a whole week on special medication. Mm -hmm. And uh, it's all those little things. They choke on little things. You have to baby proof your house. Yeah. When you have a small, I never had to do that with a larger dog mm -hmm. because it's, it just was a little bit easier, but it's a learning curve. Mm -hmm. 
Yeah, I'd love to get to some of the things in your book, but I'd love to phrase it this way. If uh, one of your friends or your neighbors or classmates or colleagues uh, was in a similar situation to you and their daughter or son is just begging them to uh, get a dog of their own, what would be your top pieces of advice to ensure that their son or daughter and family was ready to take on this huge responsibility. What would you say to them? Well, yes, I, I would say to probably my, my best friend and also to a stranger that pets are a wonderful addition to a family, but they also a lot of work. And in the end of the day, it's a big family decision. And as much as your kids may promise to be responsible for all aspects of animal care. At the end of the day, it is the responsibility of an adult to make sure that the dog is well cared for. So be 100% sure you are willing to take on that responsibility. But I would also point out that it affects everything in your household, from cost of care, from getting up early in the morning and letting the dog out, to cleaning the house, uh, to, to planning your vacation, making sure you have a pet sitter if you go away. Sometimes you even have to change your vacation because the pet sitter cannot do it or, you know, the, the dog gets sick or, or something. So are your kids, uh, is your family willing to take on all this? I would also point out that it's extremely rewarding that kids can learn such valuable life lessons from having and caring for a dog. And I think we all do that. We all learn for that. So I would probably say have your child help, like you mentioned earlier before, help your friend or neighbor with their dog for several weeks. Uh, sign them up to volunteer at the local shelter so kids can see and find out that they really want to do that for a longer period of time. So... Yes, I, I think if a child is willing to do that for several weeks and is, is committed to it um, and still shows interest after that time, then I think they may be ready to take on part of that responsibility. Th that makes sense. And, and I wanted to talk about responsibilities here because, you know, there's that famous marshmallow test where can uh, a child wait to get two marshmallows by not eating this one marshmallow. And some would say that some children are not cognitively able to, let's say, think about the future compared to now. Like, do you have any rules of thumb in terms of when a child is able to kind of make complex calculations like that? Because uh, I can imagine a child being so excited and be like, yeah, 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 I'll do all that, I'll do that, but you know, let's get the dog today. You know, wh what are your thoughts on that? Yeah, that is that is true. Um, yeah, children need to know the how and the why. And if they are really educated and see the parent be a role model, they they may be able to take on more responsibilities. Also, it depends what child it is. Some kids they wake up in the morning on their own and they do the homework on their own or they they complete the chores on their own so some of those kids may be ready to take on a responsibility but it is also very common for kids like you said um, they they want a pet because they saw one at their friend's house or in the movie and and especially for younger kids it could be just a face uh, so I think you have to make sure they show sustained interest for more than several weeks, I would, I would say. And, and then it all depends on the age 
and how much your child is willing to take on and how many how many other responsibilities they are able of doing and and actually doing it mm. and i just wanted to add here since you mentioned being a role model for our kids and obviously um, we are focused on positive approach to training and i think that that is extremely important to be able to model in front of our children we want to make sure that you know we're being patient with the dog we're not necessarily uh, unnecessarily scolding the dog or being physical with the dog we want to make sure that we are reinforcing let's say with food and toys and such when the dog is doing good things and when we're doing the training because even if some dogs may take a more punishment based approach in general because they're more resilient and it doesn't affect them as much it will not be the same experience when our kids try to recreate the same interactions that we may be having when we're disciplining our dogs with the dog itself and even if that dog is able to take it which is our own dog if they try to recreate it with another dog is just you know begging for trouble so be a good role model and make sure that you always positive or keep it as positive as you can with your dog so that your child learns to be positive patient respectful and really have that approach of we are learning here together it's not just you know one dominating over the other that is absolutely right and i i always say make it a make it a privilege not a chore right reward your children mm -hmm. for doing something good and uh, they want to do it they are happy to do it so i totally agree with what you said yeah i, I think i see a lot of parallels in how people treat their family dog and parenting style uh, like how would you describe your parenting style uh, with your daughter and children like and where do you think that came from oh my parenting style came definitely from my upbringing back in europe i had the most amazing parents but they were strict i had to follow rules i had to be independent we had to help out in the household it was not even a question. We just did it. We saw it. I saw it from my older siblings. I saw it from my parents. It was just part of growing up. Um, so I am trying to do the same here with my daughter and with our dog. <laughs> She's, I have the dog can get away with a little bit more, I guess, at times. But um, I, I try to be strict. I try to be a, a fair and fun parent. Uh, if she is responsible enough, I have no rules. I have no pet time restriction. She can stay up as long as she wants to. If she gets up the next day, is ready for school, is prepared for school, is a good student or does what she needs to do. I mean, she goes to bed on a, on a regular normal time, but I would not... I would not say, okay, now you turn off your iPhone, now mm. you do this. No, that doesn't exist in our house. She's She's... Uh, she follows, she's a good rule follower, mm -hmm. just like I was. So yes, it's from my upbringing, I guess. And here, yeah, I think that is a really good lead way into 
this idea that even though we want to be positive, that doesn't mean that we're going to be permissive. I feel like oftentimes people think that being positive only means giving rewards, where it actually requires a lot more of a skill, knowing um, what options to provide so that whatever they, they feel like they have a choice, but whatever they choose is actually a good choice, an appropriate choice. And having plans for action and behaviors or things that they can be doing, teaching them that those are the appropriate things to do in certain situations actually requires a lot more skill because for us, it can be just as people, it can be very easy to come up with how we can punish a behavior. But how do we actually teach what we want, whether it's the dog or the child to do instead in that exact same setup does require a little more thinking, preparing, crafting a plan, and then adjusting mm. based on it. Yeah, I think a lot of people mix up punishment for teaching. And sometimes by punishing, you don't teach anything. And so I, I think that's such a great point. That is true. Yes, I totally agree with you. <laughs> So let's talk about your uh, your career, your you know uh, the thing that you've been doing so long. Do you find that your kind of sensibilities about interior design have changed? Because let's say one of your clients has uh, a small dog, for example, you're talking about dog proofing or puppy proofing a house. Uh, do you find that your experience writing this book has kind of influenced you know your sensibilities as an interior designer? I don't think writing this book has really changed uh, my interior design sensibility because I've, I've always incorporated a special design into my client's plan when they had a dog or if they wanted to have a dog. But of course, every client is different. And if they do have pets or children, we usually, we usually propose a more child or pet friendly design, uh, even if it's just using a more stain-proof fabric or material. Many times clients, they want to have a specific shower or bathroom area for their dog. Uh, but it also all depends what kind of dog they're getting, if they are getting one. So I, I don't think it really influenced me a lot, but we've always done it. Uh, we've always incorporated it. And are you getting a kitty? <laughs> yeah, that's a good question. <laughs> I always had a kitty okay, in yeah, yeah. my <laughs> life. I had a lot of, I was a lucky, a lucky child. I, we had a lot of pets and I had cats in my life. Yes. Wonderful. I probably would get a kitty if, if it depends what, what our dog would do. <laughs> I guess I'm asking because of your new book. <laughs> exactly. Exactly. I have a lot of friends who have kittens. I definitely will will babysit those kittens when I write the book to find out how they are and what they do. But I always grew up with cats as well, so I know. Yeah, we'll be curious to find out what the differences are and what you may add or take away relating to having a kitty and preparing for that versus a dog. So I can see a future interesting conversation <laughs> happening already. <laughs> yes, it will be fun and I, I, I enjoy doing it. And I think it's um, there are plenty of, of pets there are plenty of cats which are in shelters as well. I think six point five million animals are being 
putting in shelters every year. Mm -hmm. And I think 3.3 millions of those are dogs and 3.2 millions of those are cats. Mm -hmm. So, you know, it would be a a mission and a good project for me to get that book out too. So what does your daughter think of this book? You know, uh, how old is she now? Um, You know, what was her reaction when it came out? She turned, she just turned 15. Yeah, she's pretty excited and happy. And, uh, you know, her kids are, no, she's very proud of it. And she, she, uh, the the, the dogs in the book are pictures of my dogs. So my German Shepherd is in there, the golden, our dogs, the golden retrievers in there, Scruffy's in there. So it's, uh, you know, the girl is kind of a resemblance of, of my daughter. So, but it's, she's very excited and she's very proud of it. Amazing. So just for our listeners, I, I love to um, set up the stage for you. Where can people find this book? Where can people find you? Where can people find additional information about you and particularly about Scruffy, all of that? <laughs> yes, uh, the book can be purchased at, at Amazon.com. And I literally just found out the other day that it is available on almost all the major online bookstores like Strand, Target, Hudson Bookseller, Books Millions, Bookshelf, wow. all over Europe. I, I just found that out yesterday. So I'm super excited about that. So they can be purchased on pretty much any major online bookstore. I have a website, which is margaretstrohmeyer.com. I also have an Instagram site at margaretstrohmeyer. I am not very active on social media. I have to learn that and do a little bit more. <laughs> I just don't have the time to do it, but um, I, I will be better and try to update uh, as much as I can. And in, ter- in terms of um, you know marketing, are you going to be, you know, I imagine you might be reading this book for uh, certain kids. Like what is kind of on the plate for uh, marketing this book? Um, I yes, I will be reading. So North Shore Animal League uh, offered me to start reading for the kids in September, and North Shore Animal League is is one of the largest non-kill shelters in the world. So I am super excited about that. And there's also I have uh, in in our local area, I have some um, animal shelters. There's a, a place in Hawaii. I like to donate books, and there are a couple of other places. I just came back from Europe. And in Austria, I have conducted many, many uh, local local bookstores and and people who have who have pets and, and veterinarians. So I hope this will be an interesting journey, and um, I can teach and read for for a lot of kids out there. Now with with the Zoom meetings, it's so easy. I can be anywhere and and read the book for the little ones. Wow, this is so exciting. Yeah, so exciting. I mean, just something so new and, you know, seeing so much adoption and so much interest. Uh, that must be such a thrill for you. Yes, I am so, I'm, I'm so humbled and, and, and happy how the outreach was. I, I didn't expect that it will grow so fast and, and I got so many wonderful reviews and phone calls. Uh, so, yes, I am so excited and I'm so happy to, to help if I can. I, I'm, that's that's my, my mission and my passion now. Incredible. Well, thank you so much for your time. Uh, just, just being in the presence of your energy and your passion uh, has been almost, um, I don't know, like I, I feel so passionate and, 
in that way right now. So thank you so much for that. Thank you so much for having me. You both are a wonderful example of, of how to love dogs and how to care for one. And I love your, your podcast. I've, I've been following it now. And it's, it's just so informative. And I learned so much already. So thanks for sharing those podcasts. And thanks for having me. Yeah, thank you so thank much. You. Yeah, we'll, uh, we'll talk to you soon. I hope so. Yes, thank you. <laughs> Take care. You Bye. too. Bye. Just listen to the Family Pups podcast with your hosts, Tanya and Charles Lim. Subscribe to our podcast to catch our latest episodes. If you like the show, please make sure to share and review us on your favorite podcast app. And for links to anything we mentioned in the episode, check out our show notes. And don't forget to visit familypups.com slash podcast to listen to past episodes of the Family Pups podcast, including episodes on separation anxiety with Melania DeMartini-Price, Unpredictable Aggression with Michael Shikashio, Fearful Dogs with Debbie Jacobs, Puppy Socialization with Marge Rogers and Eileen Anderson, and many, many more.